Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by them by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to Winners United. This is Season 7, Episode 16, entitled The Power of Listening with Dr. Carol Jean Muha. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I believe that business, mindset, personal development, and self-care are the four pillars to entrepreneurial success. This is why Winners United is your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations with winning women of color entrepreneurs. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and give Winners United a rating and review. All you need to do is go to the show page in your Apple Podcast player, scroll to the bottom, click the five stars, then write a review. It shouldn't take more than five minutes of your time, and I would greatly appreciate it. As a thank you, I'll be giving shout outs on future episodes to those that take time to write us a review. During this episode, Dr. Carol guides us through her life story from childhood to the medical field as she sets the stage to explain the mind, body, and soul connection, self-healing practices, how illness is connected to life experiences, pivoting in business to align with where you are and where you want to be, the importance of listening to yourself and your body, and so much more. But before we get into this episode, let me tell you more about Dr. Carol Jean Moha. Dr. Carol Jean Moha is a multi-time best-selling author, a obstetrics and gynecology surgeon turned intuitive optimal health consultant, and a spiritual healer. After working as a surgeon for several years, Dr. Carol tapped into her gift of healing without a knife. She shifted her practice to talking with and listening to her patients to get to the root cause of their illness, as opposed to only treating the symptoms. Dr. Carol is currently working on a new business venture called the Built Well Institute, where she is dispelling misconception and misinformation to teach people how to live optimally. So without further ado, here is The Power of Listening with Dr. Carol Jean Moha. All right, so Dr. Carol, welcome to Win Hers United. We are so excited to hear more about you and your journey. Yes, my journey. I said I have a journey. It's like a without a map. Hmm. I so like I never it. know. I never know. I'm writing my memoir and and there were five books. So I, I finished the, the third book and I said, something you came up. So here we go again. And the journey continues. Yes. Be in a journey without a map, without the benefit of a map. Hmm. I like that. I'm excited to hear more. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Let's get started by you telling us about your background and what you currently do. Oh, my God. My background, grew up in Haiti, family of healers, spiritual healers, and shaman and midwives, and grew up with uh, my father's side of the family. My mother was separated from my mother when I was four, and I had a two-year-old sister. So we went to another town to live with my grandmother, and my aunt was a spinster. So she literally abused us emotionally, physically, and verbally every time she could. And wow. uh, so when I was growing up, and also I grew up in a dictatorship, so we had curfew all the time. People were being killed, and then uh, people would disappear. And when I was nine years old, I was violently raped by a neighbor, and I said, I didn't ever tell anybody about it. And uh, when I was got sick, I was taken to my mother. So my grandfather was a voodoo priest and a healer. Remember, I go to power kill school and they say, this is evil, this is evil. Imagine people who love you and they're telling you, oh, this is evil. So it's just like, you totally confused. So 
but they're the one who love me. They don't, they don't look evil to me, but then there is the evil, evil, evil. And they kicked me out. And so I got very sick. And my mother, when she found out I was, I was very ill, so took me to my grandfather who did his healing. And I said, oh, I want to be a healer like him. I said, no, you go and be a doctor. So by the time I was nine years old, I was going to be a doctor. My father, I, never, I wasn't raised with my father, but my father, my father's father was an alcoholic. Mm. So I, I was with my father's mother. And then he always made me believe I could do anything. And he said, when he was 17, he had to leave home. And he said, in my father's side of the family, they're well-educated judges, one senior, blah, blah, blah. But then because of his, my, my grandfather being an alcoholic, so he didn't have an education. And at the time, imagine I'm being raised in a culture. Girls don't go to you go to primary school. That's very few have the opportunity to go to school. But my father always said, "You're going to go to my school, and you're going to be you're going to be anything you can be." And then, so after I finished college, then I went to I went to New York, spent some time in New York, and then I went to medical school in Mexico. So I'm fluent in Spanish. So I grew up speaking Haitian and French. All my dissertation, I'm looking at what I wrote. Oh my God, I could write the best <laughs> French. I, that's my native language. And so I go and I went and also going to Mexico because I couldn't go to a, at the time. I, you know what? I wanted to go to a university, but there is no way I could go to that university. And then now I said, let me see if I wanted to go to that university. And I just Googled it, boom, and there it is and everything. But you're talking in the 70s, there was no such thing. You had to know somebody. So since I knew somebody in Guadalajara, so I ended up in Mexico. Okay. And I spent one year in internship in Jamaica. And then I went and did one year of community medicine in Mexico where I delivered babies in, in the farm with the dog running around. But you need to know, when I, my mother was a midwife, she helped people around. My mother was an angel. So she, when, when I was 11, I went to visit her. And then somebody came and said, somebody's giving birth. Can you come and help? And I said, can I go? I'm going to be a doctor because you cannot be 11. You go to in the birth. And she'd let me go. So I said, yes, it's a lot of blood. So I don't know what I'm going to do with this blood if I want to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, and then I was fortunate to find a postgraduate training with our exam that you had to take in a foreign medical graduate. So I was fortunate to be accepted in an obstetrics and gynecology to do my postgraduate training. So. And I spent some time at university at Mount Sinai in Milwaukee, University of uh, Madison, where I did infertility, also UCLA. I had the best training. I'm a board certified. I'm a fellow of the American College of BGYN. So I have a little, all the titles. But while I'm doing this, and then I, I decided to come, I was married then with a fellow resident. And then he is a polygamist. I didn't know. So I mm. said, oh, it's not going to work. <laughs> but it, it, it's just, <laughs> so I came to San Diego and I was the first black. I was the ninth woman in the county, ninth woman. Wow. And then at the time it was, uh, it was a negative to be a woman because it's, it's only it's a male, male, white male thing. But I was trained with midwives. I was, you know, who I am clinically, you know, I'm ready. And, I, and then I said, people will come. And then also something was happening. My gift were developing. I met many teachers, my intuitive gift of hearing, telling me what's wrong with the patient, don't operate. And, and my grandmother who came with me, she lived with me for a while. She said, you have to listen to that voice. I said, grandma, I have a young lady. She has a big tumor. Uh, she's dying and I'm supposed to operate on her. But the voice said, don't operate. She said, don't operate. She said, I'm going to pray. She walked out of the hospital with everything inside a week later. And that's when my gift started. I have the gift of touch, of praying with people. I end up quitting obstetrics. I end up quitting doing surgery because if you imagine people, as a gynecologist, the bread and butter is when you, you regular bleeding, you do a hysteroscopy or you do a DNC, you do, you know, all the things you do a hysterectomy. But the majority of women that were like me being molested or raped. And so that's the negative energy they're carrying. So it's just like, so I had, after my grandmother died, I had the best teacher who's an African-American therapist and she's she teaching me mind, body, soul connections. So then, and she said, ask your patients, you know, if they're bleeding, are they being molested? Have they been raped? 
And I started asking them, and then say, go to your patients, you know, patient blood surgery, or when the new patients they start coming, whenever they had hysterectomy or they're bleeding, ask them, have they had been molested? All right, and oh my God. And she's and then also for for many years, I review charts and for women in the military, survivors of military sexual trauma. Oh wow. Yes. And then so and then it's just like, oh, so what I had to do is have the women accept their body, cleanse their body. It's just rituals that are created for them to do. Then they won't bleed. Then, and if you don't bleed, what do you do? You don't do any hysterectomy. <laughs> so yeah. I had to quit surgery. And I thought, and in the meantime, I started to write. I had the uh, Hay House with Louise Hay. But then uh, I have many books. I've written best-selling books. So I started writing. I couldn't do surgery anymore because I heal without the knife. You come to me. By the time you come to me, we find out with my, with my intuition, why are you bleeding? You tell me. And my son died, and uh, my husband left me. And then, so the body, this is, this is how it is, is the mind-body-soul connections. So I, I started, what am I going to do? So I started, I said, I'm going to quit surgery, and I'm going to go to Haiti, but I'm the top surgeon, but there is, there is a hospital with no electricity. <laughs> so, and then, end up, so I was in the book tour, and I had a panic attack. It's just like things just. Then and that's when I had to learn more about the mind-body-and-soul connection. Okay. About because you know you you are in science or God there is no God God can do that and my grandmother she would pray you know and she said you need to pray I said grandma you pray for me and she died she prayed for me from heaven but I never had to part of being the spiritual part that is missing for people to be sick is fear anxieties not connecting with a higher power feel they can be in control of everything that's what the new generation is they can think they can control I'm going to have this I'm going to have I'm going to control and boom, that's it when it doesn't happen because we cannot control anything. And then life is about change. So I had to learn all this. So then I had to learn and then to reconnect with my faith. And then when I say faith, I see people say, I was raised Catholic. My grandfather was a voodoo priest. So there were spirits who talked to me <laughs> and guide me, have guidance, mm-hmm. and then what to do because they say, yeah, we talked to you in your right ear. Now you're ready. Oh, by the way, also, I am a, what is called a medium, because let's say the first time it happened, somebody came to me 12 years ago, and she was hemorrhaging to death, and they've done everything to her. You need to know, I'm in a place where they send me people that nobody knows what's wrong with them. They tried everything, many medication, they have organics, they work on their head, they have surveillance, they have everything, they check their hormones, blah, 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 and they're still bleeding or whatever, cancer, whatever it's happening to them. So they say, send it to her. And then so, and I was just ask the person, why is your body the beautiful, perfect machine is misbehaving? And so, and then they'll tell me, I lost my son. I was whipped when I was nine. So why are you having this weird kind of cancer in your uterus? And everything, you're organic, you do all these things, you're, everything is working. But uh, when she was 15, she was raped for by somebody for three months. So this has to go. So it's all this negative energy. So. Also, the grief that people have. So that first time I was telling you, when that patient came to me, because they don't know what to do with her. Mm -hmm. Nothing works, nothing works. By now she has diabetes, everything is out of control. So at that clinic, whenever there is a patient, they feel there is nothing you can do for her, send it it to her. And I asked the patient, why are you bleeding? So that particular patient told me, so you understand, there is a timeline. I call it the backward timeline. Somebody comes to you and say, I'm bleeding. And then I don't know, oh, you're bleeding. Let's check your hormones. Let's do an ultrasound. Let's do this, this, this. And then we're going to be treating whatever you're experiencing. I do the opposite. I call it a time, it's a backward timeline. Mm. When was the last time you were healthy? I saw in November. And also, I look at a chart and I look at the medical records in the, the stupid machine. <laughs> I hate it. And, just, <laughs> and then you can see. She saw the doctor in February. She was uh, diagnosed with insomnia and then depression, and they put her on sleeping pills and then anti-antidepressant. And then by April, now, oh, hemoglobin A1C is abnormal. You have pre-diabetes, and and you see, as time goes by, there is more diagnosis and more medication. Oh, your cholesterol is high. Oh, now you have diabetes. Oh, now you're not responding to the oral medication. We have to give you insulin. Now she starts bleeding. So the body is just like, something is happening, it's killing her. And then so I said to her, 
So by the time she's hemorrhaging to death, if she doesn't have any insurance, that's why they didn't do a hysterectomy on her. Mm. Otherwise, it would have come out somewhere else. And then so I said to her, uh, she had two units of blood by the time she came. Through. And then mm. she's on insulin and then diabetes is not controlled. She has this you have hyperlipidemia or your cholesterol, everything, and she's dying. And I'm thinking, whoa, that's how I see the patient. So I look at her and then, and I asked her, I see her progressively getting worse. And then it, if I didn't see her in two years, she would have been in dialysis and died, right? Because she progressed. They're treating the symptoms. And, and, and then as not only the medical doctors, you go to doctors, they do functional medicine, you're going to do the, you're going to measure this and pay, give you this. You're going to have this vitamin, this supplement. You're going to have this, and, but because they're treating the symptom. Yeah. So I said to her, so she's there. They've done everything. So that's what they do. The people have seen over the years where people, they've done everything. So I ask her, why are you bleeding? Why is your diabetes out of control? Why are you having all these things? She looked at me like, I have heard you're the top specialist. You're supposed to tell me. I say, no, you know. The patients always know. And I say, why? And she just still couldn't answer. And I said, you are fine in February, right? On March, you go to, went to the doctor in April. What happened in, in March? What happened in February? What happened in January? <gasps> My son died in a car accident at 21. She's been having experiencing what is called complicated grief. Oh, wow. So when she realized that, she went, oh, my God. She's now finding out it's not something that's wrong with her. She's grieving her son. She stood up and started crying. I hugged her, and she started telling me, I want my son to tell me he loves me. So I didn't know then I was channeling. Later on, when it started happening, I said, oh, I love you, mommy. I love you, mommy. I love you, mommy. I love you, mommy. So I became a son. She had a chance to say goodbye. Then after that, I had to pray because usually this is what happened. And if anybody need to hear that, is that the harder things are, the more you pray. Hmm. Sometimes what's in making us sick is we think we can control things. You're just letting go. So I, I said, I told my patient, this is what's happening. You're grieving and unconsciously you want to die, to join your son. But I use her faith. Do you think your son is happy in heaven? No, you think your son is heaven? She's Catholic. You think your son is happy in heaven? Oh, yes, he had to be an angel. Do you, do you believe is Jesus is the son of God? Yes. Do you believe God has only one son? Yes, I do. And then what have you been praying? I'm mad at God. I said, oh, then you're a real sinner because you have a daughter. God had only one son. And that's the first time she smiled. So then I said, now, so you understand. No medication, nothing they can give you. You're going to go back and die. You're going eventually. But I'm going to show you how to pray, how to reconnect. And then I said, there is a prayer when I had to do the reconnection myself. Because, you know, in science, when I had the panic attack, how I had to go and, and let go and surrender. And there was a prayer that my grandmother used to say. And I said, can I teach you? The, and then I said, yes. And then so I go. Jesus, sweet Jesus, the Lord of the strong, help me, I'm weak. Help me, I'm weak, help me. And she repeated and repeated and just, oh. And then I said, that's what you do. Whenever you feel you miss your son and you know your son doesn't want you to be unhappy. And then so just pray and pray and pray. A month later, everything normal. So that's it, all the lab work, that's what I tell people. If you have any stress, any grief, don't go to the doctor. <laughs> Because they're going to do your blood and then all those, I call it the ashes of what's happening in your body is going to show up in the blood. So they're going to put you in the box. Like mm. your cholesterol is high, your hemoglobin A1C, you have pre-diabetes and you have diabetes. And then now you're stuck in a box. Wow. You're stuck in the box forever. And then you have to take more medication. Guess what? Oh, you're depressed. Depression medications making you bleed and it's making you gain weight. All huh. right. So the cholesterol medication is going to make you not sleep because remember you, you came first, she came first because she couldn't sleep. It's going to make you not sleep and it's going to make her not thinking well. <laughs> That's what the medication does. So now you're getting all these medications and then you're having more side effects. So I do, I'm, I'm creating a series of whatever I'm creating, podcasts and audios. And, and I say, 
whenever you have anything going on with you acutely, don't do, don't have any blood tests because they're going to read the blood test. It's just like the burning, you actively burning wood. And then, so they have all the ashes. So they're going to measure, oh my God, there are ashes. Oh, and then they're going to measure it. And now you have diagnosis. Oh, you have this, you have that, you have that. Then and now it's not, you went there because you couldn't sleep, but now you have all these things. Mm. So after helping, after being with so many patients, that I was the last resort. And then so wow. it's just like, you could see, and they say, it's a miracle. It's not a miracle. She was wanting to die and unconsciously the body was dying. The body listened, right? Oh, you want to die? Okay. Oh, you want to be healthy? All right. So the body listens. So that's what they're measuring. So, so this is what I've been doing. So right now, what I'm doing now is just like a mentor, was it that you see at the School of Medicine? I have doctors who find me. I do, I do some consult, but also call it I'm an optimum health, intuitive optimum health consult, consultant. Mm. And so I'm creating a, online courses. So now the, the next few, few two to three months, I'm creating programs for pregnant women because especially you heard from minorities and the same thing. Why pregnancy is the beautiful time, but many times you might not want to get pregnant. The person might not, in your life doesn't want to have anything to do with the baby. There are so many circumstances. But also now we have the COVID, we have all this isolation, it's even worse. But then what happened is you heard about higher mortality mm-hmm. in, in minorities. And then it's just like, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. That's the biggest stressors that happen in your life while in your 20s or 30s. So you having the same complication if you didn't get pregnant, you were going to have it later. Mm-hmm. And you see how we, we have the COVID, but they say the minority die first. But why do they die? It's the same thing of the racism, the stress, the constant stress, the autoimmune system. The immune system is constantly overcharged. So the, a little virus boom, is going to kill them. It's the same thing. So I'm glad because I'm working with that wonderful gentleman who's training pro athletes and said, we need to do something for women. So I met him. Somebody said, you need to meet Dr. Carroll. So I'm bringing the mind and the soul into it. And it is just like, if you have any situation that you feel you have no control, what's going on, your body's changing from month one to nine. You have no control. So the least control you have in your life if you still have, nobody listens to you because you're black or you're minorities, so you're more likely to have complications. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's the same thing that happens through a woman's life. So, so the education is that understand what's happening to your body. But there was so, so oh my God, <laughs> I'm not anything to do with pregnant people, you know. And, but now it's just like there's so many people who are experts, so many experts, so many experts. So what is it somebody to, to do? So I put a hole on, I call it, it's the stage two we're going to be doing together for built well for life. Mm. Uh, like as a gynecologist, because now we have built well for pregnancy and beyond. Okay. When we have a program where you go into your exercise, we're training, it's been already done that. I'm just adding, we're training the coaches how to be with the women. And then, so the idea is that, and I'm saying, as a gynecologist, I see women all walks from all ages. You know, especially if they're having any problem vaginally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I will be seeing them. And then I remember many, I, I was the only female gynecologist in an area. So a lot of young girls will come in to see, they felt she was being molested or raped. And then, so I would sometimes have to take them to the general anesthesia to examine them to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I see these women until they die. So we say this now, let's, con- that's what I'm doing right now, concentrating in the pregnancy. Then after that, hey, you're pregnant, you go on, two, three years later, you have another child. In. So it's the, the same thing that I was doing before is to teach women, they know what's going on with them. They know. But to be able to know who is giving you the information, there's so much in the internet. There's mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. It's so confusing. So, so this is the idea of giving the right information and then we're going to be doing Built Well for Birth. That's what he's doing in the program. But our podcast is going to be Built Well for Pregnancy and Beyond. Because like I said, pregnancy is the first time your body gets that shock. But then you hear about complication in pregnancy, maternal death and complication, postpartum hemorrhage. 
of the start before recurrent miscarriages, premature labor, and so all those things, the more stress you have, the more likely you're going to have this. So it's just like teaching you now while you do the pregnancies, being put in the most stressing things on your own. A gestational diabetes. And, mm-hmm. and if you read about this, oh, you have gestational diabetes, you're more likely to have diabetes later. It's because your body is primed for being out of whack. And then like, there are a lot of rituals and how to reclaim your body, how to scrub the all the things you've been carrying, blah, blah, blah. So okay, I'm excited. That's a, that's, yes, that is so exciting. What we listen to has the power to change our lives. Do you have a life-changing message that needs to be shared with the world? If so, then you should give podcasting a try. Send me an email at winhersunited at gmail.com. And that's W-I-N-H-E-R-S-U-N-I-T-E-D at gmail.com. So we can chat about your future in podcasting. It would be my honor to help you get started. Always remember that your voice matters and the world needs you. So I had a question as far as like how that was received in the medical community, right? Because like you said, that is contrary to what Mm -hmm. makes money to actually, it sounds like teaching people how to heal themselves. Let me tell you something. I asked that question. Imagine I'm in a top universities or I'm, you know, whether, let's put it this way. I was called the character, but the doctors, and imagine I'm the only black woman. Mm-hmm. Only black woman <laughs> in my two hospitals for years. Their wives became my patients. I operated on the top cardiologist's wife their daughters, they will go home and then they will go, oh my God, this crazy woman. And then they say, really? So imagine it's all male, right? And they say, you mean to tell me there is a woman who's giving you a hard time? We want to meet her. So whenever they have parties, they all flock, all the women. So all their daughters and all the wives and all their mothers, so they're my colleagues, I became the doctor because I'm good. See, I am a good surgeon clinically. And then just, we don't know what she does, but what she does work. <laughs> And then one of the reasons it is, I don't know now, difficult for Black women when they came to San Diego, because they didn't have any, you need people to cover for you, otherwise you cannot go 24 hours. So, But then guess what? It's just like, I wanted to take my board, so I need to have some cases. So I just called the doctors. I said, I can take your calls in the emergency room for you, or if you need an assistant. And so because to be a good assistant, you have to be a good surgeon, because you have to be two seconds before the surgeon to be ready for the surgeon. Hmm. And then I guess they said, oh, she's really good. And I didn't know for one year they, they were spying on you because if you're bringing a patient, you're going to cut her open or do something, the hospital, the anesthesiologist, the other surgeon are in jeopardy of my practice. So you have to be good. So I was very good clinically. And then pretty soon they said, why don't you come and join us to the call with us? And I said, okay, I'm fine. I have a small practice. And my patients, they come to me. I'm the one, the woman. But then and they said, and even my patients start learning, I cannot be there 24 hours. You don't want me to be. And they say, okay, okay. But I, I take care of you through the whole pregnancy. And then so the, and then pretty soon, their patient, they will say, how was she? I say, oh my God. And the patient will say, can I become your patient? I say, oh, no, you go back to your doctor. I'm just covering for him. I can't do that. And, and then it's also, I listened to the patients. I wasn't the, okay. I know what's wrong with you. I say, you know what's wrong with you. <laughs> so, and then I listen. So, so I have a very, I'm been very well known in my community, very well known in my colleagues, my people who refer patients to me. Imagine the chief, he was like the California Medical Association president. Mm. And then his wife was my patient. And one day he called me, Carol. And I said, you have to pronounce my name right. <laughs> Not <laughs> Carol, and I said, my mother has this crazy idea. The doctor said they saw something, and then she said, there's nothing wrong with me. If you believe there is nothing wrong with you, there is nothing wrong with you. You can change that. And especially what they're looking in the x-ray or in the MRI is questionable. So I said, 
do you mind me? I touch you because I have the belief. If the patient believes there is nothing wrong with her and I lay hands on her and see her heal, she's going to heal. So I look at her, she looked at me. She said, there is nothing wrong with me, doctor. And I said, I believe you. I call her son and I said, she's fine. And he said, okay. And that's what happened. They always looked at me because I left. I left. I said, I'm not putting up with this. I'm not going to be let medicine. Two out of three doctors are burned out. Three mm. out of four residents are burned out. And I said, I'm not going to do this. I have to leave. I can't. And then they were, and then oh, one day you need to hear that. So there we are in the doctor's lounge, a bunch of you know cardiac surgeon, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. And then, and then we're talking about this and this and that medicine. And I stood up and I slammed the door. I said, "This is crazy." And I said, "This is weird." Here I am. I'm a woman and I'm black, and you are white guys, and you put up with all this crap. And then I am living. And and then and then they look at me and they say. We wish you were like you. We always we admire you. We wish you were at your guts. Mm -hmm. So whenever uh -huh. I see them, you know, whenever I go and you know we're getting old and then some they will die and young and then we'll, I'll go to a funeral or they, I'll be on television. They say, we only see you on TV, yo. You were, and then we will. I, I will go to a funeral whenever I can and then and then they will say, oh, and you see them. <laughs> we hug. Oh my God. Oh, we miss you. We miss you. Wow. So you said a few things that I think are is, is very important to leadership, right? In yes. whatever field, right? Like you took the time to listen to your patient. Yes. And I think that a lot of people overlook the importance of that. And I find it truly amazing that even in the medical field, right? Because that could be a place where it's easy to think that you know better. Right. But to take that time and to listen, like I, I find that truly amazing that even at that level, that's a tool that you use. Any level. My grandmother always say you can learn from a child. If you think you know more. You're a fool. I was talking to I have a friend of mine and she has a program for weight. And then we were talking about something and she was adamant 100 percent. And I said, no, not 100% of women have been have sexually harassed or sexually molested or raped. And I say, and then I'm, so I'm a gynecologist. I deal with women. And many times I'll be the first person that women will say for the first time, oh, men, yes, I was molested. Yes, I was raped. But there are, there are some women, so everybody's, oh, 100%. Whenever somebody's telling you 100%, something is wrong with them. And then we were talking about, or if somebody whistles at you, it's, it's an harassment. And I said, it's a cultural thing. In some places, women, you know, they dress nice for the men to look at them. So it's not, nothing is going to happen. It's a culture. So you've never, you only live in America. You don't know the culture. So please don't say 100%. I would say being a gynecologist and I've been seeing women, thousands of women, and then the past few years dealing with men also who have sexual abuse. And then uh, I feel I have a knowledge more than most. And I'm an intuitive because I can see and I ask them, ask them, they ask me the question and I say, and then within two sentences and I say, you don't need to tell me. Let me tell you what happened to you. Let me tell you. Da, 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 da. Because I see their past and I see where they're going. Like this woman, I could see, we find out the child. And this is like two minutes. The child died and in an accident, but I could see a year from now, she would be with kidney failure and dialysis and die of the complications. But it's just, I can see, I can see the past, I can see the future. So having that knowledge, but each person is different. You could have two sisters, twins in the same house, sitting, you see, it's just like the person is looking north to south, south to north, same thing, same thing. And you see totally different. So people are totally different. So I have learned that we're totally different. Mm -hmm. And then you could be, you could be black, but you're different. You could be Spanish, you're different. You could be Haitian, you're different. You could be, there is a culture, there is this, and there's the same perception in the same house. So I have always, always treat everybody that they're unique, mm -hmm. that they're unique. They're unique. And then I connect, I connect with my patients instantly. And also having the reputation <laughs> to see, 
you go, she's going to tell it to you. If you don't go to her, you don't want to hear the truth. <laughs> so that is the thing too. And it's just also, I realize that if somebody believes that I'm going to help them, they already healed. They already come already healed because they believe in me. It's the mm. faith they have in me. And I could, you heard about the placebo effect. I could yes. give them anything. It's just like, for example, the tapping. And then say you tap here, you tap here. Say, that mm-hmm. person never had a panic attack. But then now I just say to the, some person, I'm creating a course called Four Ways to Quickly Stop the Stress Response. Mm. Okay, so that's one of the online courses that I'm doing. But then I'm realizing you, you might be somewhere. I feel this guy is the point here. I first you do a massage, and I'm going to explain them the course. Then. But then you could just tap your knee. <laughs> could be your knee. You redirect the focus. Mm. That's what it is. You self-hypnotize the person. Could be blah, 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 blah. You redirect the focus. There's, you could just, it's that simple. So I have learned over the years the simplicity of things. Mm. And then, so when I'm with somebody, I guess the, a lot of people, they, they say I'm misunderstood or the person doesn't have the knowledge. But I always say to, when I do a consult, for example, I have a three-step process. And I say, thousand percent guarantee. Because I say, Tell me what's wrong with you. Tell me what you've done that doesn't work. And what do you expect from me? So the person say, I want this, this, this. So I always give you what you expect from me. So thousand percent guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like that. I developed that over the years. So yeah. yeah. This has some good gems that I think that is important for leadership again, you know. Yes. The listening, I like as far as getting to know people individually, right? That that is super important because everyone yes. is different. Before I say something, it's very important. I want to add. Everybody wants to be loved and accepted. Mm. So it could be, I have had some people who this. I heard them later on they were jerks, and I would say, you mean he's a jerk? But I am connected with the soul. And imagine I am black and I'm a woman and I'm in a sea of white male. But one thing I found out, everybody wants to be heard. Mm. Everybody. And then that's what I do. I remember I was seeing, I was at the clinic, very busy clinic. And there is a a young white male. He's he's sat for the consultation. And I I looked at him and I said, today is your day because you have me and I'm an intuitive, I'm a psychic, (laughs) I am... I'm a spiritual healer. I am a piece of paper. I put four circles. This is me. This is me. This is me. And I know the body from follicle to cuticle. While I'm telling that, he just start crying. You're looking at me. You're looking at me. You're looking at me. And he, I didn't do anything for him. And he said, you're looking at me. That's what wow. he said. You wow. are looking at me. So people know that. People know where you're here and you're in the next patient, this next room or your wife at home. Anything in the moment when that person is in front of you, you have to be totally there. Mm. That's why I do work. I don't, it doesn't take me long because I am totally focusing you. I'm here. Yes, I have all this knowledge of surgery, of medicine, of science. And whatever it is, you it right now. That's a good one. Be in the moment, right? Oh, the my moment. goodness. I love that. Let's switch gears a bit and tell us about the toughest struggle that you had to overcome. Toughest struggle? I guess being abused as a child. Mm. And I used to go and visit my mother, but my mother, in the name of education, went to the capital of Haiti to go to school, mm-hmm. have opportunities. And, and then I would know my mother knew that we were being abused. And then she agreed that we we're going to go and have a future. And, mm. and I guess so, whatever, now when I go back in my life, there were many things, but I am a pathological optimist. <laughs> 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 if it's raining, oh my God, it's raining. But my water bill is going to be less this month. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And then the sun is shining. Great. My roses don't have no mildew. <laughs> it's just like, I decided because I guess when you suffered, when you were literally abused in every area, any sense, then I made the decision that 
I'm not going to have anything negative in my life. Mm. I don't deal with negative people. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the news. I have the Sunday newspaper because at least if there was a rule, I say, if they say now we're going to start riding, driving on the left side of the road, I need to know. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I don't go and get an accident. That's what I do. On Sunday, I get the news and, and then I read it and then I drop it. I'm very mm-hmm. sensitive. I'm very sensitive. So I tell people right now, unless if you call me, I want to hear about nice thing. I have an ex-boyfriend. He's very negative. And then that's why we're not together. And then he said to me, and we love being together. He, he wines and dines me, takes me places. He loves being around me. <laughs> and, then, and then he will talk about, oh, there'll be a drought. There'll be no water in California. I don't give a hoot about there is no water in California. <laughs> oh, there's going to be an earthquake. Oh, I live in the mountain. So I'm going to have beachfront property. So I always find something to say. So right now, I am having fun here. With the, I live in San Diego, the most beautiful city in the world with the weather and the view. And then so he said to me, I cannot talk to you about anything. And then I was thinking about it. I said, of course, we can talk for a long time. Let's talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. Have you had orgies? Have you this? Have you that? And he's looking at me. I said, yes, we can have a we can really talk a lot. <laughs> so there are conversations, the positive, joyful conversation that you can have without putting anything negative about it. Mm. So. I like that positivity though. I, oh, yeah. I can relate. And some people do have like a rain cloud over their heads, right? Yeah. I agree. So tell us about an aha moment that you had lately. An aha moment. I'm self-conscious about how I look because, of course, I was told I was ugly, blah, 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 blah. I have the most handsome young business partner who wants to do podcasts with me. And then I said, I want to do audio. He said, no, we need to do a video. We need to do, like you and I sharing the screen. And I said, Dr. C, Dr. or Dr. C, you're the most beautiful woman. To me, you're the most beautiful woman. And then it's not only that, it's your spirit. It's your light. I want to share that screen with you. It's your spirit and it's your light. And then to have a gorgeous hunk telling you that, damn. <laughs> That's my last moment. <laughs> yeah, and it's totally professional. But And then guess what? It's just like, I'm just going to speak. I'm just going to be me because I, well, I have a lot to share. I like that, right? Because I think that we do carry baggage from things that we've experienced in childhood or growing up, you know, and even with all of your success, with all of your acclaim, you know, like still feeling this way and having this guy to reassure you, right? I think that's awesome. And then, so guess what now? I'm just, I'm just going to do it because I have something to say. Yeah. And people will listen. And then, and those who don't want to listen, they're lost. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Yes, because I have so many people say, oh, you have to, because I have many books that I've written. I don't write any more books. When I see the royalty that I get and the time I spent, no, I'm doing online courses and I'm going to do videos. And especially now with this technology, I can talk and create things. and. Oh, no. And you pay for it. I don't do books anymore. So All my what, books. what caused that shift, though? Is that the you're saying the monies from the royalties isn't what you were you thought it would be? That's why you're shifting. to. Yes. Them? Yes. Because okay. I work hard for for a book. And then when I realize when I get my little royalties checks and all the things that I've done. And I said, then I'm going to the same knowledge. I'm just going to turn it into online courses mm. and charge Lots for it. <laughs> mm, okay. I like that yeah. though. So that's a a pivot, right? And in business, yes. we have to pivot many yes. times, right? Many so times. Like- many times. I love it. All right. So do you have a recommended resource to tell us about and tell us how you utilize it? So far, not that I'm thinking that I know everything, but I, when it comes for women's health, or now we're going to do something with a pregnancy. So we have built well for birth. And uh, 
builtwellforbird.com. This is what I'm enhancing for that young gentleman where we do the exercises, but I'm going to add. So if somebody is pregnant and wants to know how to do to have the optimum pregnancy, labor and delivery and postpartum, we're it. So hey. that's, that's what I'm <laughs> And then afterward, we have built well for life. And also we're going to have an uh, build well institute where all the online courses, all the things that I feel is, is needed. So I'm going to take all my, I've written many books, best-selling books, French, Spanish. And then, so I'm going to turn them into courses. So easy to make it easy for people to, I want to be like a Google on women's health. Mm, I like a that. A place where, where you go there. So let me say what she has to say about it. So yeah. I'm spending a lot of time creating, creating, creating. And I've also have a lot of things that I've written over the years. There'll be PDFs, like how to heal your relationship with your mother. For example, a woman who has the issue with a mother, now she's pregnant, the anger might come at as a mother. You were not there, you're not a good mother. Now I don't know. I don't know how am I going to be a mother to this child? You didn't teach me. So the anger can show up. And then so I have I've already done a recording. If somebody interviewing me saying how to heal your relationship with your mother, dead or alive. Because mm-hmm. you have a negative issue with your mother, eventually that's causing you to have complication with pregnancy. Eventually, breast cancer, that's the most negative things that happen to women when they start getting older, is the issue of negative issue of themselves as women and the mother is the breast. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. So, so at any age, you have to start healing, you know, dealing with regrets, dealing with dealing with relationship with your mother, dealing with the relationship with your father. I also added something like dealing with your relationship, healing your relationship with a caregiver because I wasn't raised with my mother or my father. So I had a caregiver and then to find the positive of everything. So, so those are the things that I'm, we're putting in our in the site. That's what I'm doing right now because I feel people who recognize themselves and have the tools they need. Mm, I love the title Built Well. Yes. Yeah. That, built well. We are built well for birth, for the exercises, but we, and then the podcast is going to be built well for pregnancy and beyond. Yeah. And then after that, when we finish this, because all the things that I've been doing, remember I told you the courses and everything, I'm putting aside, I do things, make it diamond, perfect. <laughs> and so and that's why we get along so well, because it's so meticulous and work hard, work hard. So we're training coaches to train the women who are pregnant. And then so I'm coming and we had a course, a class Saturday, and the women, they love the idea that when the women come for the training, that they have to see how are they today emotionally? How are mm-hmm. they today? To know about the woman, they need to know about what she's dealing with. So we're doing a lot. I love women. that. I love yes. that. So do you have any advice for an up-and-coming entrepreneur? For an entrepreneur, what would I come? We talked about it. Changes, we always have to reinvent ourselves. Mm. Imagine you had a business and it was perfect. I had things were working. I'm working with the doctors. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And COVID came. Shut everything. Mm. So always know the only thing which is constant in life is change. Mm. It's change. It's just like you think, oh, I've arrived and everything. And somebody pulled the carpet under your foot, <laughs> under your feet. Boom. And you reinvent yourself. Yeah. So when I like you know, it. I'll give you an example. I worked for years with uh, women and they would come here in my beautiful place and pay me. But then the economy crashed. Oops. <laughs> and we invent myself. But then now my gift, my gift as an intuitive and as a psychic, and all those things are getting stronger and stronger. But then I said, okay, I'm going to be working with doctors. Okay. So I'm going to work with doctors and then boom, everything closes again. Then, okay, mm. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go and work with women. So like if you say, if you go to my website, website, drcarol.com, you see that I offer, I'm an intuitive consultant for optimum health. So when the person comes, so I'm doing that and I'm doing the online courses. I told you, I'm doing mm. the courses, I'm doing everything, but I have the opportunity to work with women who are pregnant. And then mm. when we sat down, this is what I'm doing. And say, let's do the women who are pregnant because some women they have to be built well for life. They say, well, PMS, you know, all those things. That's the, that's the beginning of it. So you learn about yourself. Then you'll be ready to get pregnant. One or two or three kids. Most people have two children. And then after that, you come back to us and then you, you continue built well for life. But I'm, it's the same thing. It's, 
I have a metaphor that I use, the tomato paste. So it's just like a fill of tomatoes. So I'm ready to do Mexican salsa, Greek tomatoes. So you have to know what you do. It's good, but then you might have to make put a little spice on it, less spice, more spice, a little onion, put some feeder, same with my tomato, you just, this is the tomatoes like this, so you, you slice it this way. And then that's the wedges, you make wedges out of it, and you put olive oil, little lime, and then some, uh, how do you call it, uh, some feta cheese, and olive oil, and then you have Greek. <laughs> I love it. Then and if it's, and then so you have the tomatoes, right? And then you find out, oh, they're having a fair, a bunch of Mexican are coming, a bunch of Hispanic. So you take a bag of tomatoes, you get your onions, get your chile serrano, and then you just go cut, 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 and it's your, this, and then you have mild, medium, and hot Mexican salsa. <laughs> oh, somebody's opening a restaurant. I have a bunch of the round tomatoes. I can give you nice slices to pack them for you for your hamburgers or to put in your salad. Mm. Same tomato. I love that analogy. I, I'm good at analogies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, Dr. Carol. You'll be good at what you do. You'll be good at what you do. You know it. But then things change. Listen, it's yeah, I think if nothing else you can say, I agree. It is that things change and sometimes at things the blink of an eye, right? So what are you going to do to keep up? What are you going to do? So have something. Because I am, let's, I'll give you an example. I am a healer. I'm an intuitive healer. I'm a spiritual healer. I'm a surgeon. I'm a doctor. I'm a gynecologist. I know the body from follicle to cuticle. And I'm a medium, mm. so which means this is me. But then I'm going to be using it wherever, what is to teach, whatever it's happening to you. And that's what I use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Before we get into our last question, I do have a question just on the shift mindset, right? Because listening to you and your story, like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because in my head, going from being a surgeon to being a consultant, to me, sounds like a difference in the money that you make. Because from what we've been taught, surgeons make a whole lot of money. But just wondering, how was that, mm-hmm. you know, like the acceptance or, you know, just the process guess of letting what, go? Guess what? I was destined, I've arrived of who I am. I wasn't supposed to be a surgeon. I heal without a knife. Okay. So you don't get paid for healing without a knife. Okay. Okay. So you change your perspective about money. And then it's just like now, let's put it this way. How much do we need? Mm. How much happiness? I am the happiest person on earth. I don't have what my colleagues have. Okay. I don't have, but I know I've changed so many the lives of so many just for being who you are. I want you to know something. Oh, something come to mind. And I listened to my voice in my head. I was an advisory board member for GE, General Electric Center for Financial Learning. Mm-hmm. Whenever we went there, they have United Airlines. We go first class. We have the limousine picking us up. They don't give us money, but they give us perks. Mm-hmm. And one of the perks was the gentleman was a futurist. Futurist means his company he was working at the time was British Petroleum, the Navy, Starbucks, Nike. So what he does is just like, there are some companies like Montgomery Ward. You don't hear about them anymore. Woolworth, all companies used to be on the top of their game. But this is usually what happened. Business go down. So as a futurist, he knows how to keep, you know, so Starbucks will be his company or Nike. Why do we do that? We're constantly riding the wave. So we speaking the next day, uh, we're there with businessmen from all over the country, the top businessmen. And I am in there as a doctor because I say your finances is very important for your health. Mm. Because you might stay in jobs or relationships or just because you don't have the money, even though there is abuse. So that's why it's going to kill you in the long term for that particular moment. It looks, you better stay, but you're going to pay for the price. So I was accepted just that. Mm. So 
And that night, I came from California. Everybody came from the East Coast, most of them. So I am there with this gentleman that is consulting fees are about $100,000. I am here with him because he, he lives, he was, I think he, lives, he was in Arizona. And then so we, we are in the time frame two, three hours behind. Mm-hmm. And most of the people, so they went to bed because we're going to start tomorrow early. So here I am with this watch. I'm with him. And I said, can I ask you a question? That is an opportunity of a lifetime. And I said to him, this is what happened. At the time, I had just opened a wellness center to first in the country. And then, but something was happening. My intuition is getting clearer and clearer. Mm. So it is, so I know that I have to move because if you come and you're bleeding, why would I order a blood test when I know it's your mother relationship with your mother that you need to heal? Mm-hmm. So it's always a lot of turmoil. So I'm, I told him we were like a year into that and people are waiting for me to have a bunch of, you know, a big opening. I'm a gynecologist, very well known. People are going to come. So the uh, herbalists are going to come give you a little herb. The psychologist is going to, you know, the acupuncture. So they're going to do all these different things that I have. It's a center with all the different people to work with these women to make them better. But I'm realizing I can see what's wrong with the person. So what am I going to do with all these people? We work together, we're going to have this, we're going to have that beautiful center. So I was in turmoil once again, and I'm telling him this. And I said, what do you think I should do? Mm. Three words, just be yourself. That's what he told me. It was one of the most... I didn't even know who myself was at the time, but I mm. knew inside that my spirit and the spirit of my ancestors who were guiding me would not let me not become who I'm supposed to be. Mm. Just be yourself. Mm. And then how many people have said I'm crazy? Imagine after going through all this. I don't have a bunch of numbers. And you know, money is about the decimal point. you take a bunch of zero you cut it right there when i send i have we have a small hospital in haiti where the people make 30 dollars a month so if i send 300 dollars for somebody i send them a fortune they might not do anything with it but there's no money they would never think about it to do okay so then what happened but if you give somebody like bill gates 300 (laughs) dollars we have a 300 dollars somebody wants you 300 dollars to bill gates that's nothing but then happiness it's in a decimal point Hmm. so i don't have a bunch of zero but i'm content i have everything that i need you will not believe my house for some reason, people always find something to bring to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then I say, I don't say no, because I always bring it, take it to somebody else. Mm. Oh, we see that fruits. We see this awesome soup, all this. So I have everything. And that's what I always say. You will be taken care of. Mm. Sometimes like I think, and then sometimes some people are working very hard, not spending time with their children giving them things they don't need. And if you ask your children, what do you want? This I would rather be with mommy than having all these toys. Yeah. So, yes, it was. But you have to have the guts to do that. Yeah. You have the guts to do that. Oh, There, there was a lady who always said, oh, now I am like a, a priestess. I could have been a multimillionaire because she has a lot of money. I could have been this and this and that. And guess what? She has all this money and she became ill. Mm. She went to the best doctors. They couldn't find one, nothing wrong with her. And the children said, maybe you should call her. <laughs> so they say, you know, they say, have a say, I'm like the banana trees. But then after when the leaves, the leaves are going to come down back to you, to the trunk. I know where I'm going. I know who I am. So it's just like a husband called me. The husband had done something very nice for my ex-husband. And I'm endearing to him. So I said, I barely speak with her. And I said, I'll do, yes, she can call me. No, I cannot, she has to call me. 
and she has to be ready because, and that's the people I see. You go to all the doctors, you know, who has that gift? How much, how can quantify this? So she called me and I'm talking to her. She said, I'm having this. I went to this doctor. I went to this doctor. I went, I took this. She's everything organic, blah, blah, blah. She did this and drink, drink, blah, blah. And they say nothing. And then my, everybody's sad. They have money, but there is no help. And I said, hmm, okay. I can see what's happening. And then this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And if you want to, you have to ask me that you want to heal. And then I do a healing for you over the phone. And that's what you need to do afterward. Three weeks later, she's back doing I doing everything. So she called me. I never told her that I heard what she was saying. I could have been the multimillionaire, but then I'm realizing, do you have a price for doing this for somebody? To just touch somebody, the person stopped bleeding. <laughs> this is miracle. You know what I mean? So, but you have to understand what is important or not what's important. Let's say if you have children to raise, there was something you do, but you don't keep on accumulating, accumulating, accumulating. When are you going to be yourself? Mm. So I'll give you an example. I'm at the clinic. At the clinic, there are people of all walks of life at the place where I see patients. So people are going to come with money. They're going to come in my beautiful healing center mm-hmm. where they can pay me. And stay pay me big money. And then there is somebody that I'm doing a favor. She came to see me at the clinic that day. And then, and I said, uh, you need to see me. Here's my card. Here's my card. And then, you know, for the consult, $350 is a discount. $350. Yes, I'm coming. So I'm giving her the card and I'm standing. And I hear that voice on my right ear. One visit, one visit. And I said, and I took the card and we stood up. So I have like two minutes with her. Mm. I want you to know, because she was referred by a friend, you know, my rich friends, let's say. I'm always in transition. So this, I'm right now in the transition. I don't know what I'm going to do. I am told, I have to give you what you need right now. And I have two minutes. Oh, wow. Because I came, I came early. I started working at two o'clock and it is, I came early to see her and I agreed. And I, I have tears in my eyes. I'm crying in front of the patient. And I said to her, ask me what you want. She told me. And all of a sudden, I saw a past in a blank. I saw a future in a blank. I took a leap of faith. Wow. And since then, I start seeing in a blank. Wow. So that's why when the patients come to me, and I just ask them, or I look at them, and I see everything. In that moment, that's a aha moment. Yeah. In the blank. Wow. And when I think, when I think, of course, now I have opportunity to make money, but what I have is so rare. I'm a diamond. And, and wherever I go, whether with doctors, whoever, I have the knowledge and the diamond and the titles and everything. So I can have everything given to me. I can say to somebody, oh, you're a millionaire? I have a church that I want to put a cover, $100,000. You come, I lay hands on you. I can have any money I want. Yeah. I had to have that faith when they said, one visit. I don't know what I'm going to say. Mm. I don't know. Oh, by the way, I'm writing my memoirs. So I'm going to be, they're, they're being written so you could see all the steps, all the crying and until I'm, I'm being told, you paid your dues now, everything is going to come to you. Everything, everything. You seeds you planted are going to, now it's time for the harvest. They're going to come big. You pay the price, but you see, many have been called, but very few. Many, yeah. you know, they are very, no, they say, yeah, beaucoup d'appelés, mais peu d'élus. They say, it's just like a pyramid. They have a bunch of people, they stay in survival. And they're the one you're going to kill the one on the top. So to go to that road, least travel, to be yourself like that, $100,000 consult. Just be yourself. But we live in a world of materials 
we don't even see, we don't see the money. We don't see the money you have in the bank. Now with the card, you don't even see the paper money anymore. Right. <laughs> we make, there's so much, there is so much about things and so much divisions that we are in a world of plenty. Yeah. How much do we really need? So I cried many times because every time I come to that fork at the crossroad, I had to choose the road less travel. People say I'm crazy. The people always say, I wish I had your guts. I'm admired. So how can you talk finances now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's priceless. Priceless. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And I'm very okay. happy with who I am. I'm very happy. Oh, but guess what? All the things, all the people I've helped, all the people in the hospitals that I help with the bonus, all the things that I continue doing, I have thousands of people praying for me. <laughs> so I am rich in prayers. I don't take any medications. I'm in perfect health. I'm 70 yeah. years old. I'm in perfect health. And you look and you look amazing. Let's just say I that. I feel amazing. <laughs> I feel amazing. I dance, I Yes. I love that. And it's all, no, you know, no. and that's just a key indicator of perspective, right? Because I feel like life is really about perspective, perspective and what society tells us is the end goal. Is that really the end goal? Or will that will that really give you the satisfaction that you think you want, right? So I really appreciate that story. Thank you. Or that I'm willing to say, let your light shine. I'm a shekushete. I'm an illuminator of the spirit. I have a bright light for those in the darkness. They just come with their little candle and just pssst. <laughs> because I get it from the sun. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Dr. Carroll, it has been such a pleasure as always. I love your energy. Oh my Thank goodness. You. But before I let you go, do you want to tell the listeners where to find you, your website, when your podcast will be out, or if you have any information on that? Okay, wellbuilt.com, we're revising it. But also, the uh, I can have a newsletter. I don't have a newsletter, but you can sign up for one of my free books. Then I can have your email at drcarol.com, D-R-C-A-R-O-L-L-E.com. I'm going to be, I will send you. Okay. Whenever, when, whenever I'm doing something, I will send you an email to okay. say this is what I'm doing. Because where everything we do, we want to share it, and then the program. So we're going to have affiliates. So whenever you refer the courses, so I'm, we're going to do a lot. My goal is to share what I have. Okay. Okay. I love it. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yes. Stay Again, tuned. Dr. Carol, thank you so much. We appreciate your insight today. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of When Hers United. I hope you found this information useful and can take at least one thing away to implement into your life. Go to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes for this episode and check out Dr. Carol's full bio. Also, don't forget to follow us on Clubhouse at When Hers United so you can join us in a future room. As always, be empowered and empower on.